0: This morning was special. There were two other VIPers on with me for the morning conversation. One of them is sharing how he has a tough decision to make and just didn't know what to do. The next thing I know, the other VIPer, an international one, starts speaking truth over his life. I get a word from God. Like, I'm going, what? This is odd. This is what I hoped everything a VIP membership would be. And then God's like, hey, stop thinking about that. I got a word I want you to share with him, so now I'm sharing the word I get. Before we knew what was even going on, we were all agreeing to spend the next three days together praying and fasting over this decision. I'm telling you right now, friends, this is not just a VIP group. Like the vip this morning said, it really is a family. So check it out, smalleyinstitute.com. Oh, You know, I really hate doing this. I hate trying to get prepared to do and to teach and to share what God's putting on my heart. And this morning I was going, okay, I need a good illustration for this one. I need a good one, Lord. Come on. I even started praying, right? Like, Father, give me a good story. Because, I've, you know, the ones I'm thinking of, I'm like, ah, I think I just gave that one. I think I just gave that one. Pretty sure I gave that one. And it dawned on me. What's sad about what I'm talking about today, and I'm continuing in uh, trying to encourage wives that are trying to be an Esther and win back their husband, and today is about fasting and praying, and it's really sad that I have some poignant moments in my life where I really have taken the time and put in the prayer hours and put in and fasted and and really sought God's will for what he wanted and really been open to it. I you know it's a critical part of my life, you know, on on dating my wife, right? I had set marriage up as an idol and I was desperate at the end of my junior year in college and I started crying out to the Lord and that was really one of the first times I can remember truly surrendering something, surrendering something that I wanted desperately in my life and finally got to that brokenness where I thought, Hey, hold on a minute. Do you even want this Lord? And, and, and released it. I've had moments and these experiences, but what I realized this morning is I don't have enough of them. And it's kind of embarrassing as I was trying to go through, didn't feel like there was enough stories of me really trusting. I have some precious times where I can remember my daughter was like, dad, what school do you think I should go to? And we were swimming, hanging out in our pool and I can vividly remember finally getting it right, going, well, hun. I don't think it matters what I think. I don't think it matters what you think. Why don't we just pray and fast over this decision? Because major life, important, life-threatening, critical decisions, should we buy, should we sell, should we move, should we stay, should you divorce, should you not, should you marry someone? These are incredibly important decisions that we need to be able to slow down. We need to take a deep breath and go, hold on a minute. I don't have to make this decision right now. I definitely don't need to make this decision in the heat of the moment, when I'm most panicked, when when it's darkest. That's a terrible time to make important decisions when you're flooded. And maybe instead of just waiting for the world to calm down or for your self to calm down. Today is really about understanding the importance of prayer and fasting. Esther did it when when she was asked, you know, hey, you got to step up, girl. (laughs) Amon wants to kill everybody, men, women, and children, all the Jews. And Xerxes, you got to get in his ear. He loves you. He thinks you're real hot. He might be influenced by you. And and her response in Esther 4, 15 and 16 is, is is what I think our response needs to be. And it's unfortunately a response that I don't think I'm doing enough in my own life. So that's why I hate it. It feels like once again, now I'm convicted going, dang it. I'm about to teach this thing. And I don't, I honestly, I'm not trying to make anyone feel good about themselves. Although I realize that the disastrous decisions I make on a consistent basis probably do make you feel better about yourself, but it is. It's it's a genuine Holy Spirit conviction that, man, you still, because I process so quickly, these aren't excuses, but I am who I am. And one of my weaknesses is I can be impulsive. I can confidently make very important decisions quickly. And before you know it, I'm a male cheerleader at Baylor University because I'm in love with a girl. So that's kind of how it's typically going to go if you aren't going to God. <laughs> and I'm not saying because I don't know that God would be like, no, no, don't do the male cheerleading thing. But in Esther 4, 15 and 16, it says, go, and this is Esther, go and get all the Jews living in Susa together, fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days either day or night, I and my maids will fast with you. If you do this, I'll go to the king, even though it's forbidden. If I die, I die. This is what's going to be at the foundation of, of winning back your husband and, frankly, winning back anybody and making those decisions for me, many times I you can't attach fasting and prayer to an outcome. Now you've turned whatever that thing is you're fasting and praying over into an idol. So if you're like, okay, I'm gonna fast and pray because God will save my marriage, you don't wanna you can't you can't go into it that way. That's not you wanting God's will and going, Lord, what do you want? That's you going, God, make this happen. My will matters more than your will. But if you go into it, that's where the confidence comes. That's where you can feel that, okay, and I don't know about you, but for me, many times, if I put the time and effort and energy and I bring in a community of two or three other mature believers to pray and fast with me, that many times the decision is something I don't want to do. Many times it doesn't make a lot of sense. And But you can still have the confidence to make the decision and live with the outcome, right? We cannot be outcome-based believers. We can't be, all right, I'll do this, right? I'll love you, I'll lay down my life if that means you're gonna start doing what I want and what I need. No, we have to do things because it's right. And when it comes to really important decisions, when it comes to that desperate desire, there's nothing wrong having a desire for your marriage to be reconciled. No, that, that's obviously not a terrible thing. The problem becomes when we want that more than what we want, what what we think God wants and what we believe God wants, or frankly, what God wants in our life. So sorry that I don't have more examples, but I can tell you firsthand when I have, so one of my favorite little tricks of the trade Is if I'm working with a couple that's in crisis and they're like, you know, one or both, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) one or both of them are contemplating divorce. One of my little tricks of the trade is to go, okay, well, do you claim to be a disciple of Christ? Well, yeah, of course. Okay, then would you say to divorce someone is something you need to be, you should pray over and fast? Well, I mean, they have to say yes at this point. Or they're total frauds. So even if they're not wanting to, they have to go, well, yeah. All right, then would you be open? I'll I'll pray and fast with you guys. Who are two or three other people that are mature believers that we could approach and ask them to pray with us? And we ask the specific question, Lord, do you want me to divorce so-and-so? Lord, what school do you want me to go to? Lord... Do you want me to marry this person, Lord? Do you want me to take this job? That was one of the big missing elements in my own life with God. Was I didn't, it's like I I didn't have the courage or the boldness to go to him specifically. It was I I tended to keep God at a distance, keep things more general, like, hey Lord, I hope everything works out in my life and you just grant me, you know, like a mat, you know, I almost said like a magic weenie that would have been weird. Of course, now I said it like a magic genie. Would you grant me all my wishes? That's kind of what I used to be like. And now what, what, what my desire is, is to go, Lord, what do you want in this specific thing? Don't be afraid. He's going, he, either he's real or he isn't. And God says he's real. You've had those experiences in your life. You know, deep in your heart that he's real. Now do we trust him? Do we really believe? Are we willing to get with a group of people and go, hey, here's the question. We just did this in the VIP with one of the guys in it who was really stressed out. This was this is cool. So we it was a Friday morning. He opened up. Home was for sale. He really thought they're supposed to do that. And wife was getting nervous about it and they were already in a stressed out situation. And so I brought this up. I was like, Hey, and there were three of us total on that one Friday morning. And I was like, look, would you guys all want to pray and fast together? And let's just ask, Lord, do you want, what do you want him to do with this house? Do you want him to take the offer? Cause it was one of those deals where the pressure was mounting and I think an offer was already made. And he, he was like, I don't even know if I can back out of it at this point without penalty. I'm like, Hey, I'm not trying to tell you to do anything irresponsible. I'm just saying, let's pray and fast. And so he agreed and the other person on the VIP uh, morning conversation agreed. And I could tell you one of the coolest things is all weekend I prayed over it and just said, Lord, what do you want him to do? What's, What's your answer in this? And over and over and over and over again, I kept hearing trust, trust. And it was one word, trust. I thought, great. Here I go Monday morning when we connect again, it'll be like, well, I hope this is meaningful to you. And I actually did when we all got together because the, you know, at least, well, there ended up being six of us, I think on the, on the Monday morning conversation for VIPers. And we started off because there he was, there was the other lady that was on with us. And I'm like, all right, what'd y'all hear? We, as we started talking, I shared that, look, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I just kept hearing trust. And it was like his, first of all, when we started Friday morning, his face was total discouragement. His voice, his body language, everything about it was stressed out and and um, depressed and discouraged. Monday morning, when we started, I was like, dang, <laughs> Something something happened over the weekend. He was a completely different person. The other VIP was like, Hey, I gotta tell you, man, your continence, your disposition is totally different. He's like, You won't believe what happened. And when I said the word trust, it was like it felt like tears were gonna come. And he just and it it's like that one word put it all together for him. This is the power of fasting and praying. And if you're a VIP in in the notes for B and Esther win back your husband, I have a wonderful, wonderful guide on what does it mean to fast. And it's not me; I didn't write it. So I'm actually sending you <laughs> to a link. But I thought, why would I need to reinvent the wheel here? But fasting doesn't have to be complicated, and it doesn't have to be quite as rigid as you think. The more important thing is that we're going to commit one day two days, three days. And this is my priority to pray over this specific question. And then I have a forgiveness exercise because if you're really gonna win back your husband, it's gonna take forgiving him. It's gonna take forgiving yourself. It's gonna take potentially forgiving that other woman. There's, look, this ain't gonna happen if you're not walking in forgiveness. So if you haven't fasted and prayed, Careful, you already know how it goes when you follow your own plans and when you don't seek God's will. You know this, it doesn't go well. So, you start that thing off by fasting, but then we got to get through the process and get to the business of forgiving. And who does God put on your heart? I have a wonderful exercise called flushing. So I'm not going to get into all the different things about forgiveness. Just understand it's a journey. It's a process. It's not a one-time moment, but it is important. It's important, especially if, you're, especially if you're dealing with an affair and you feel like God does not want me to end this thing, but I am so wounded. This other person, my husband, I'm disgusted by this stuff. Those are the things that we've got to forgive Because if we can't forgive, we can't let it go. We can't release it. We can't drop it and and move on with healing and restoration. And when we fast, when we pray, when we forgive, those elements bring everything together so that we can glorify God and that he can be just, that people can see what in the world their thing was impossible. There's no way. This is what fasting and prayer does and forgiveness does. It's that it is the darkest it's ever been for yourself. You think there's no way in forgiveness. So many times working with people now for 25 years, I've said, they're like, how could I ever forgive what happened? How? And I go, I get it. If that was me, I'd be saying the same thing. I don't know how I know God can, I know God will, so there are times where you have to start at the very bottom and go, Lord, I'm not open to this. Just own it. Go, I don't want to let it go. It would be wrong for me to let it go, but dang it if your word doesn't say, do it and forgive. So, Lord, I'm just going to ask that you even put on my heart a desire to want to want to forgive. That, that's okay. Start there because I've seen it, and I imagine you've seen it or heard about it in other people's lives or even in your own life. If we start there, we'll be reminded that this crisis isn't a marriage crisis. It's a faith crisis. This forgiveness crisis isn't a forgiveness crisis. It's a faith crisis. Do I believe or not? And what you'll find, he's faithful. And before you know it, Your heart's going to start turning from cold and distant and bitter and devastating. Dumb choices you keep making. You keep blowing up. Well, it's never okay to blow up at anybody, but now you're just blowing up at everybody and especially the wrong buddies. God will take that. He'll take the hurt. He'll take the fear. He'll take the anxiety. And he says, he keeps his promise. He'll get you. He'll he'll catch you. He'll prop you back up. And when you walk in that kind of strength, anything is possible. Because with God, all things are possible. All my fears have gone away. La, 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 la. La, la.